0: This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MMWR's weekly briefing for the week of September 26, 2022. In this week's episode, I'll discuss findings from five MMWR reports, ranging on topics from the risk of infection following monkeypox vaccination, to a monkeypox case investigation at Cook County Jail in Chicago. I'll also discuss a new report that sheds light on increases in acute respiratory illnesses leading to emergency department visits among children. The first report provides early evidence of protection from monkeypox after a single dose of the Genios vaccine. In 2019, The Genios vaccine series was approved by the FDA to prevent smallpox and monkeypox infection. People with known or presumed exposure to someone with monkeypox are recommended to get a monkeypox vaccine to prevent infection. To assess the benefits of vaccination in reducing the risk for infection, investigators analyzed reported monkeypox cases among men 18 to 49 years old during July through September 2022. Data from 32 states show that those who were eligible and who did not receive the monkeypox vaccine had about 14 times the rate of infection than those who received the monkeypox vaccine. Among vaccinated people, protection was seen as early as two weeks after their first vaccine dose. These early data suggest one dose provides some protection. People eligible for monkeypox vaccination should receive both doses. 28 days apart for the best protection. Full genios protection begins two weeks after the second dose. The second report describes the low monkeypox transmission risk among residents of Cook County Jail in Chicago. Knowledge about monkeypox transmission risk in congregate settings is limited. In July 2022, the Chicago Department of Public Health confirmed a case of monkeypox in a person detained in Cook County Jail. This case was the first identified in a correctional setting in the United States and reported to CDC during the 2022 multinational monkeypox outbreak. Transmission risk within the facility was evaluated. There were no known cases among residents housed alongside the patient before he was isolated no skin-to-skin or sexual contact was identified between the patient and other residents through security video footage or an interview with the patient. Findings suggest monkeypox transmission might be limited in similar congregate settings when there are no higher risk exposures such as skin-to-skin or sexual contact. Facilities should implement recommended infection control practices, including placing the person with monkeypox in medical isolation, and promptly and thoroughly cleaning and disinfecting spaces where the person has spent time. Facilities also should provide information to residents and staff members about monkeypox symptoms and transmission modes, and provide prompt medical evaluation for symptoms. Finally, providing counseling about pre-exposure prophylaxis should be conducted in a private setting. The third report examines acute respiratory illnesses among children and teens associated with enterovirus D68, also known as EVD68. Acute respiratory illness caused by EVD68 primarily affects children. Typical symptoms include cough, nasal congestion, wheezing, and shortness of breath. Infection can also worsen symptoms in people with breathing conditions such as asthma or reactive airway disease. In addition, EVD-68 is associated with acute flaccid myelitis, or AFM, in children. AFM is an uncommon but serious condition with symptoms such as sudden weakness in the arms or legs, neurologic symptoms, or neck or back pain, especially after a respiratory illness or fever. Although EVD-68 annual trends are not fully understood... EVD-68 levels were lower than expected in 2020, potentially due to implementation of COVID-19 prevention measures such as masks, hand-washing, and social distancing. CDC analyzed data to understand reported trends in acute respiratory illness, positive rhinovirus enterovirus test results, and EVD-68 compared to previous years. In summer 2022, there was an increase in emergency department visits associated with acute respiratory illness, asthma, and reactive airway disease at the same time as an increase in EVD-68 infections in U.S. children. Healthcare providers should consider EVD-68 as a possible cause of severe respiratory illness in children, particularly among children who wheeze or require respiratory support. Since increases in EVD-68 circulation have historically coincided with increased reports of acute flaccid myelitis, children with AFM symptoms should be promptly hospitalized and referred to specialty care. The fourth report highlights ACIP recommendations for the cholera vaccine. Cholera is an acute, watery, diarrheal illness that can be severe and lead to rapid death without proper treatment. Cholera is rare in the United States, but cases occur among travelers to countries where cholera circulates. There is only one cholera vaccine licensed for use in the United States. In June 2016, ACIP recommended cholera vaccination among adults 18 to 64 years old traveling to areas with active cholera transmission. In February 2022, ACIP extended the recommendation for vaccination to children and teens 2 to 17 years old. Healthcare providers can use these guidelines to inform discussions with people traveling to areas with active cholera transmission. All travelers to cholera-affected areas should consume safe food and water, wash their hands often with soap and safe water, and follow other recommended cholera prevention steps travelers who develop severe diarrhea should seek prompt medical care, particularly fluid replacement. The last report examines the effectiveness of a second COVID-19 booster dose against hospitalization and death among nursing home residents. They are continuing to experience severe illness and death from COVID-19. In March 2022, ACIP recommended a second mRNA COVID 19 vaccine booster dose for adults 50 years and older and people with weakened immune systems who had received a first booster dose at least four months earlier. Among 196 U.S. community nursing homes during March through July 2022, investigators found that a second booster dose, compared to a first booster dose, was 74% effective at preventing severe COVID-19 illness, leading to hospitalization or death, and 90% effective against COVID-19 associated deaths. This suggests that the second booster dose provides additional protection against severe COVID-19 in this population. Nursing home residents should stay up to date on recommended COVID-19 vaccinations, including bivalent boosters, to decrease their risk of COVID-19-related hospitalization and death. Thank you for joining us for this week's briefing. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To stay up to date on the latest MMWR reports, go to cdc.gov mmwr and subscribe for free to have MMWR delivered to your inbox. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.